All right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Let's make our way into the sanctuary. I know we're all having a good time in the coffee bar and uh, the kids, the boys are out there playing football, but hey, they got to come in now. So <laughs> we're going to have a great time together tonight in the house of the Lord. What better place to be on a Sunday night, man? This is the absolute best place you could be. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States, and we are going to continue to walk by faith, not by sight, and we are going to see America come to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise. And you may be seated. All right. Well, a few quick announcements for you. Uh, I want to remind you that uh, we do have the 2023 calendars in. Um, now we kind of uh, we we cleared out on them last week. They went really fast, but we've got more that'll be available by this coming Sunday, probably by Wednesday. But anyway, we want to make sure that you get a new calendar. You got a new verse every single month. And if you didn't hear the story, I'll just say that they've got the best pictures we've ever had for each month. Okay, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and we've also got the verse of the year on there, so you don't want to forget that. All right. So um, this Friday night. At 6.30 is the women's meeting. Ladies, who's going to be there? All right. So uh, let's be there on Friday, 6.30. And you're going to have a great time. First women's meeting of 23. The men's meeting yesterday was a real hit. We had a you know, good turnout with the men for our first one of the year. And uh, Robert cooked a big breakfast and we all brought some stuff. So we had more food than we know what to do with. Anything from cereal to Del Taco burritos. It was incredible. So anyway, we uh, the men really stepped up to the plate. And here we were doubting that they could show up with food. I mean, I feel bad now. I brought cereal and that was a big hit. But anyway, uh, here's a big announcement that this is a few months out. But we want to start getting it on your radar now. Um, we are planning on a church missions trip to Honduras in June. And we are really excited. We're going to be going with Ron and Annette Thiesen, uh right there to their ministry, to their property. They have a school, uh, I mean, that from from kindergarten on up, uh, I know at least through high school, I mean, they're doing such a good job with this that they're getting kids into college that are becoming doctors and stuff in Honduras. And it's just incredible. They run a really great ministry down there. So we're going to go down and minister with them. And um, we have a sign-up sheet right here that we're going to pass around. Uh, this is an interest sheet. 
This is not signing you up to leave the country. This is telling us you are potentially interested, okay? So don't be afraid to sign it. But Miss Cindy Grow is going to be coordinating the trip. She is our missions director. And we she's uh, we just want to get a, a, at least uh, start getting a rough count and getting the names of people that are potentially interested. And uh, she's going to start getting some meetings together and some fundraising. But it's going to be, I think, June 15th to 23rd is the approximate dates. And uh, and so I'm just telling you now, if God's even a little bit tugging on your heart about this or, or nudging you, just go ahead and sign up so you can start getting the information and seeing if this is something that God's going to uh, use for you. And the biggest step is to right now, without waiting, go ahead and get your passport, which is a good idea to have anyway, right? So, um, but go ahead and just, if, if nothing else, start the first steps of getting your passport. That takes six to seven weeks, I think, uh, we were finding out if you don't do the expedited. And last time I had to expedite mine and it was expensive. Don't, don't be like me. Be like my wife. She wouldn't wait. She would just get it done. So anyway, um, I'm telling you, go ahead and get the uh, get that process rolling. And I really believe that it would be a great experience if the Lord uh, tells you to go down there. And God can use all of our skills, anything, uh, as Pastor Katie said this morning, uh, to help reach them, teach them some things, minister, bless them. It would be absolutely awesome. So anyway, that's going around. All right. And then one more thing that this is, uh, this is super exciting. I'm so glad about this. So tonight after service, I'll get this. We are going to be taking the chairs from right here and stacking them on the platform. Let's hear it for chair stacking. Yeah. And you're like, why is that such a big deal? Well, for one, I had to give it a good sale. So you would, you know, help me out here. But on top of that, yeah, thank you, Nicholas. All right. And by the way, look at that turtleneck. Can you, can you get a load of that? Come on, let's hear it for Nick's turtleneck, dude. Wow. That is fire, dude. Flames. Look at that. All right. So uh, anyway, back to what we were talking about. So the insurance company agreed that they would totally clean all of our carpets professionally, steam them, sanitize them. And they're like, do you want us to do that? And we said, well, is it free? Yeah, do it. Come on. So anyway, they're going to be taking care of that. Uh, tomorrow. So anyway, right after service, we need some of you men help us out. We're just going to st- move the chairs up there, move the coffee bar stuff out of the way. And But wait, there's more. It gets better. You were already excited, but whatever she's going to say is going to make it even better. I just want to tell you, thank you for coming to Sunday night. And I know we harass you sometimes about serving and working and, you know, because it just takes a lot to do what God's asked us to do. But I just appreciate that you guys are such the body of Christ and you serve all the time. Turtlenecks, no turtlenecks. You just serve all the time. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Um, as far as cleaning, they're not only cleaning this, but they're also cleaning the two upstairs classrooms. So if you have kids with you or whatever, and you know that stacking chairs is probably not going to be real effective for your family. Um, if you would go upstairs to the classrooms, that would be a huge blessing as well. They're going to steam uh, several items that were affected from the nursery during the flood, sanitize them so that we are serving people well. Amen. All right. Yeah. So anyway, we appreciate uh, the help with that. And it won't take real long. We just need to get them off the floor so the guys can come in tomorrow and do their thing. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. Amen. And so if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will be glad to get you one. And we are going to open up our Bibles to Matthew 25 and verse 29. Matthew 25 and verse 29. 
We'll be in the NLT here. And if you want to give online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And right here, Matthew 25, great chapter. But what we're looking at here is a story, uh, it's called the parable of the three servants. And, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but Jesus tells a parable about this man was going out of town. And so he leaves a different amount of, of well, bags of silver to each of his different servants. And, you know, one guy, uh, invests it and gets even more back. Another guy does the same thing and gets even more back. Then there's this third servant. He's like, well, I didn't know what to do. So I just didn't do anything at all. And that's not really a good, uh, good, good excuse or reason. And so, you know, his master said, no, no, you weren't faithful. I can't trust you with anything else. But I want to look here at the end of the story at something Jesus said, Matthew 25 and verse 29, Matthew 25, 29, Jesus said to those who use well, what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And so I'm encouraging us, you know, we may think like, well, I just don't have a whole bunch. Hey, be faithful with what you do have. Amen. And so don't wait until and say, well, if I ever hit it big, then I'll do something for God. If I ever just get it all together, I'll do something for God. No, be faithful with the little bit that you have right now. And then God can trust you with more, but you'll never see more until you're faithful with the little bit that you have right now. Amen. And so I encourage us that as we're tithing and giving and and handling our finances God's way, be faithful with where you're at right now. And you can rest assured that God will get more to you. And he knows, amen. He knows who's faithful and he knows that he can trust you. All right. Praise God. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. And we are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Amen. And then we're going to get into some praise and worship and we're going to get into the word of God together tonight. It's going to be a good night. Amen. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. i
Sing that again, sing with a cry.
so good to know that you're always faithful and your word says even when we're not you still are and so Lord we thank you that we're getting more and more Bible knowledge of how to rely on you how to trust you how to live and walk in your realm and how to have your kind of faith that gets results not only so we can be blessed but so we'll be a blessing to others and help others. Lord, we don't want to have to always depend on calling the prayer line, but Lord, we want to be the prayer line where people can call on us because we know how to call on you. And we thank you tonight that people are going to get answers and they're going to see if things aren't quite working right to receive, they're going to see where the break of the connection is and get things connected so they can receive all you have for them. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. But I tell you what, I am so glad to be in church. 
I was, I was talking to Ernest a while ago uh, about modern times and where we are about our church having Sunday night services and things and just thinking how so many people in the church world have not uh, transformed the new of their mind, be conformed to what God has in his word, but they transformed to society. When I, when I came to the kingdom of God in earnest, and maybe some of you, ones out there, out there, out there, we got a few people as younger, like Cindy. She's one of the younger ladies in the church. <laughs> but we, I just recall the days when I got born again back in Indianapolis. Our church had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and revival twice a month. Where twice a month we'd have all week services. They went on for like that. And people had victory. People, you know, we got so full of Jesus and his spirit and the word of God that if we got goofed up, don't, don't be concerned about it. Another service come a couple days, we'd be back in church again. We knew where to come to get under the anointing and where to get help at. And praise God, we didn't have social media back then. I want to tell you what, there's, there's a lot of tools that can be good tools if used right. And that's one of them. But the, but the shame is, uh, most Christians don't know how to use it right. It changes them the wrong direction. But the Word of God, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're watching out there. Cause the Word of God will get your head straightened up and show you how to use your faith. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about how to receive healing from Jesus for anything. Somebody said, well yeah, but the doctor said, well that's your trouble right there. What did Jesus say? Amen. And you know, just to make sure things are right, because there's a lot of wrong things out there in the Christian world about doctors, medicine, and healing. Doctors and medicine are good for you. If you need a doctor, go to the doctor. Do what your doctor says. And if you don't like your doctor there, then go get another opinion. Find another doctor and check with doctors and medicine. But uh, four years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. And then also, I had a a 99% blockage in my main heart artery. And I had the elders of this church anoint me if I'll pray the prayer of faith. And I told them, and I told the congregation continually as I went through chemotherapy, because I had a good doctor. I said, I said, chemotherapy is not my first thing. I said, that's my second thing. I said, my first line of defense, my first line of offense is Jesus and what he says in the Bible. I said, his word is first, but I'm doing the chemotherapy. And you know why I do that? I learned from a great man of God years ago. If you're a person of faith, and you've already done what you know to do, and you've stood on the word for a reasonable amount of time, and you didn't get any results, it might be time to see the doctor so you can live long enough to find out what to do to get connected. I want to say that again. If you're believing the best you know how, and it's not working, then get some help. Stay in the Word. Stay in church if you go to church teaches healing. You know, you don't want to go to some church and say, well, you don't know what God might do. Well, I say right there, that person doesn't know the Bible then. Because I know what God will do. And that's what we're going to teach, not out of the Word of God. So say this with me. Jesus has the answer and the anointing for everything that will ever attack my body, my family, my friends, Jesus in the Bible is the answer. Amen. Amen. And so Mark chapter 5, 
Mark chapter 5. I've lived by these principles for a long, 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 long time. And you notice what I said? I've lived by them. I'm not going to die before my time. I'm going to live by the principles of the Bible. And if you don't trust Jesus, what do you read your Bible for? Hey, man, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't pray expecting answers, why pray? And so when I pray, I don't pray like the heathen do. Jesus said, don't pray like them. He told us how to pray. The Lord's Prayer told us how to pray in faith to the Father. But uh, Mark chapter 5, go look at verse 25 and 26. And I hope you're taking notes. They really help you to take notes because sometimes the Internet doesn't work to record things right. But th- this might save your life sometime or help you get somebody else off a deathbed. Mark 25, verse 25, uh, verse 25 and 26. At a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Twelve years to go through a problem. I'm, 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 I'm not a, a woman, but I do have a wife. I had a mother that's in heaven now. I've got several daughters, and I've got several daughter-in-laws. And so I know a lot of women. And I know that I've known some sometimes have had problems in that area. It's not only embarrassing, but it's a miserable life. And so this woman had female trouble for twelve years. And look at this here then. It says that she suffered many things of many physicians. And it spent all that she had was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And so the lady, with all this trouble she had, she finally ran out of money after 12 years. That was still getting worse. No help yet after running around the doctors. And you know, I'm not going to fault the doctors. Doctors give their lives to help people. Doctors, real doctors, modified doctors that are real doctors, they sacrifice a lot to help people. And so they do all they know to do. And even, even in our society, uh, when you look at the little plaque on the wall, it says Dr. So-and-so is licensed to practice. And so a lot of times when they're doing what they do to help you, they're practicing on you. And I'm not knocking it, you know, if you're sick, and you're going to be a guinea pig, they get you healed, then praise God for that. But the thing is, they practice, but Jesus does. Amen. Jesus isn't practicing. Jesus is the sure thing. And so anyway, a question for you. What would you do if you or one of your loved ones had an incurable sickness and finally your insurance wouldn't cover any more doctors or medicine? What would you do? Do you know the times we live in? That's a very real thing. We had a very, very wonderful lady in this church for years that's in heaven now. And I remember she'd been, she'd, she'd went through stuff and got healed of breast cancer. And then a couple years later it came back. Well, her job had changed insurance companies in the meantime. And I think it was seven months before they start covering chemotherapy again. And you know, I don't know if she would have made it if that would have started right away. But I know one thing, it sure wasn't good to have the diagnosis of breast cancer. And you can't get medicine. And so that's what it says. This lady, she ran out of money. She went to all the doctors. She didn't run out of doctors. I'm sure there are more doctors out there somewhere. But it says she ran out of money. And so today, with all the insurance and all the government help and stuff there is, you know, there's sometimes they still turn down people and tell people it's not covered. It's not covered. 
Hey, you can cry, and you can plead, and you can write your congressman and do all you want to do, but if it's not covered, those people don't bend the rules for you. It's not covered. Because all they see on the, on the paper, the printout that comes in is a name, they don't see a face. Amen. So anyway, anyway, what would you do? Well, I want you to look down at verse 34. And we'll come back to that other stuff in a minute between. He said unto her, Jesus said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and behold thy plague. Behold, thy, behold that disease. And so, and so a lot of Christians think that Jesus just picks and chooses who he wants to heal. You know, a lot of Christians think that way. And they, they, they think that, uh, well, somebody got lucky. They hit the lottery. They think that way. Christians think that way a lot of times. They think that uh, they, they just got lucky and he's one of them he chose us. Well, in this verse right here, Jesus didn't say his faith healed her. He said her own faith healed her. He said, daughter, your faith, your faith made you whole. And that's what we're talking about tonight, about how you can receive healing for anything from Jesus. How can we receive healing? And you know... If man says it's impossible, God says all things are possible. And we're going to look at that in the Word of God. And, you know, I know that uh, with everything going on, with all the diagnosis, and uh, I just think about Google. Google is such a killer for Christians. How come it's so easy to look at Google and not look at your Bible? Can I, can I tell you one thing that we need to be aware of as Christians? This is not my notes. I always walk away from this and then... Had to pick up where it was to get to where I want to be. But you have to understand Satan is real. Demons are real. And you have no, you have no resistance to go to Google for help. You go to your Bible and you get resistance. You'll get phone calls. You'll get text. You'll get sleepy. You'll get wary. You'll get confused. And you're one of us going, you know why? Because a little pet demon rides around on your shoulder. And you go to get on the internet to look at Google, which doesn't have the answers you need for healing. And he just backs off and says, I'm taking my sleepiness away from him. I'm going to make sure nobody distracts him. I want them to get caught up for the next two hours. Look at all the percentage of people that died of this. Look at what to expect to be the next symptom. Look to what to do for the next thing because it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So the devil backs off. And so then finally, you open your Bible and say, now you know what, I think I'm going to study those verses Pastor talked about on Sunday night. All of a sudden you're... Somebody says, hey, look what's on TV right now. Oh! Wow, look at all that sex. Wow! Did you see how many times he killed her? Oh wow, that guy's a maniac. Get out the popcorn. And then you're still sick and you wonder why. You wonder why. How come my faith's not making me whole? Amen. I want to tell you something. If you're really facing serious issues, you better take authority over the devil before you read your Bible. It'd probably be a good idea to put your phone on silent or shut it off or put it in the other room or something and say, I will not receive any distractions. If you got some kind of emergency things, your family going where you got to hear, keep it on silent. Have it vibrates and look at it. If there's a call you've been, you need to hear, then go to the call. But if not, just don't let the devil steal your time. Amen. So he said, thy faith had made thee whole. And so Jesus said, 
that her own faith made her whole. And I want, I want to say this a statement I heard years ago. It's always stuck with me. How many know that the Bible does say that God is no respecter of persons? Jesus is no respecter of persons either, but you might want to write this down. He is a respecter of faith. Jesus is no respecter of persons. In other words, what that means is this. He doesn't, he doesn't have any favorites. He's not going to say, you know what, I like Raymond. Raymond's got a pure heart. He's worthy to be healed. But I don't think a lot about Pastor Dave. He better not get sick because if he does, I, I just really don't like him that much. But you know what? Today, today, I'm going to spend my lottery wheel up here in heaven. Woo! It's Trisha's turn. She gets healed today. He doesn't work that way. He works by faith. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you think, if you know what? Let me give you a little test for yourself. Because I, I hear too much of talk like this. Wow. Did you hear what happened to Rosalinda? Ain't she lucky? No, she's not lucky. She's a woman of faith. Amen. Luck has nothing to do with receiving from God. As a matter of fact, let me just make a suggestion. Get luck out of your vocabulary. Don't ever use the word luck. You know what you say? Well, did you hear what happened to Barbara? Barbara got healed. Ain't she blessed? Barbara is blessed. She's a blessed woman to God, and luck has nothing to do with her life. Amen. Hey man, you know what? Back before I got saved, I think I was the luckiest man in the world. But it was all bad luck. You know, it seemed like Murphy's Law followed me around. Younger people, I'd never heard of Murphy's Law. How many's heard of Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law says if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. Hey Amen. If it can't be broken, mine break. And so I had a lot of Murphy's Law, the glory to God. When I got born again, I come out of the curse of luck. I come into the blessings of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Somebody give a shout praise or something. Now hold your place because we're coming back to this. Go over to chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. And look at verse 23 because I, 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 I want to show you something. So you'll see this in the word of God. Mark 9 verse 23. This was a man... They had a demon tormenting his son, going through a lot of things. And he was crying out to Jesus for help, like anybody would if their child were hurt. And then verse 23, look what Jesus said. And get a hold of this. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believeth. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. I'm going to paraphrase this. Help you understand what that would sound like in modern times. Jesus said, thy faith has made you whole, right? And so with this man here, he said, it's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of what you can believe I will do for you. Get a hold of that. It's not a matter of what I can do. But it's a matter of what you can believe I will do for you. Well, I think, I, I think he'd do it for Pastor. I think he'd do it for Dave. I don't know if he'd do it for me because I'm not good like they're good. He doesn't go by your good. He goes by the fact he took your sins. He took your sicknesses. He took the curse for you. And he's good. And you get to the place where you recognize on the inside of you that I can't earn healing. I can't earn forgiveness. 
It's from Jesus. And so when you're a Christian, and I talk about a Christian that's not willingly going around violating God's law, living, doing sinful things all the time, being a hater, being a backbiter, being a pervert, and doing wrong things. But you're a Christian because everybody makes mistakes and does wrong things. Nobody's perfect. That's why Jesus is, and that's why he took our sins, our sicknesses. But you reckon I'm living for God. And so, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I don't come to you in the name of, I'm a tither. I don't come to you in the name of, look how many people I helped. I don't come to you in the name of, Lord, you know I had to get up early, but I helped move all those church chairs. You don't, you don't receive from God because of what you did. You receive because of what he did. And that's what Jesus can say, your faith made you whole because your faith is in me and in my word. Amen? And so I want to say this again, Mark 9, 23. You might want to write this down how I'm saying it. It'll help you understand that verse. Jesus told the man, it's not a matter of what I can do. And you know, that's like we said a while ago about his faithfulness and how good he is. Not a matter of what he can do. We all know he can do it. But you, yourself, have to get your own faith developed where you believe he won't only do it for all the good guys, but he'll do it for a varmint like you. Amen. Amen. I'm kind of making a joke out of that, but it's true. Because none of us is perfect, and the ones that think they're perfect, they're called a Pharisee. And Pharisees got run out of the temple with a whip. <laughs> That's in the Bible. And so we don't want to be a Pharisee. We want to be a believer that lives our Christian life. If we have a need, we want to be able to say, Jesus, I believe you will do this for me. Jesus, I believe you'll do this for my son. I believe you'll do this for my mom. Jesus, I believe you'll do this because you're Jesus and you're good. Isn't that what he said? He said, if you can believe all things are possible. And he told the lady, he said, your faith's what made you whole. Amen. It's faith in Jesus. I want to look at one more place. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 52. Mark 10, verse 52. And this was a blind man. He'd been blind since birth. And so anyway, he came to Jesus for healing. And I want you to notice, though, in verse 52, what Jesus said to the man that received healing from Jesus. Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. He told that man again, Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And so Jesus didn't take credit for healing this blind man's eyes. Jesus said to the blind man, said, your faith, your faith received your sight. Your faith caused your eyes to open. And you know, I, I, I think about this. I don't think most Christians recognize how much your faith has a part to play in what you receive from God. But this is kind of a pattern I see through the Gospels that many times Jesus told the person that received, said, your faith did it. Your faith did it. Your faith did it. And you know, I'm thinking about, I've been doing this for 43 years. I'm thinking about the different people I've ministered to over the years and different lives and things I've seen changed by Jesus. And a lot of Christians, and a lot of it is because of not good Bible teaching, I think. They don't understand. But a lot of Christians think the only way they can receive healing is if God, through a preacher, lays hands on them. Or a preacher says, in a service, of course, it has to be a Holy Ghost church that believes it. If a preacher says, you know what, there's somebody here that's got this going on. God's healing you right now. Or 
There's somebody in here who's going through this. Come up here. God wants to heal you. And things like that. Well, that's that's not their faith necessarily. That's a sovereign move of God doing some things out of mercy and compassion. And a lot of Christians limit God to somebody else's faith. You see what I'm saying? They limit God to that way. But the sure way, the most sure way to receive had to keep it. How many know it's one thing to get, it's another thing to keep it? Because Satan backs off for a season, they'll come back and see if he can pull it again. He'll come back and try to do it again. But the best way to keep it is if you knew, now listen to this, if you knew how to develop your faith to receive it the first time, and you keep doing what you did to receive it, you keep your faith strong, faith strong to get rid of it, it tries to come knocking on your door again. Amen. Listen to what I'm saying. It's one thing to receive healing off somebody else's faith. But unless they're going to go home with you and stay with you, keep on using their faith to keep it off of you, you've got to develop your own faith. I like what Pastor Dave said today. I never heard it that way this morning. Talk this morning about God doesn't have any grandkids. And when he first said that, I kind of thought, what? <laughs> he said that we cannot receive our entire life off our parents' faith. He said, they're a child of God, and you're just coming into this world. And so for a while, your parents could cover you, and so you're kind of like a, a grandchild to the father. Then there comes a point in time, you've got to be born again, and then you become a child. Amen. Then you become a child of God yourself, and then you've got your own faith, your own responsibility to receive from Him. And that's what I'm talking about. You develop your faith, receive your healing, and you know, it's just like anything else in life. I look at Dave right now, think about mechanic, and he knows a whole lot more than, he probably forgot a whole lot more than I've ever known, but I, I learned some things off my dad about mechanic, and, other, and I know some things, and you know what? <clears throat> things that I learn, well, I work, work on something myself. I thought, wow, that really works. You know what? I never forget that then. I come back to that same problem. And a lot of times, things I learned off my dad 50 years ago, and longer than that about cars, one of my kids will tell me something about us making this noise, doing that immediately. I remember what dad taught me that I used that worked out. So I'll tell Pastor Dave, or I'll tell Joshua, I'll say, you know what? Here's what that is, but I don't know how to fix it. But I can tell you what it is. Now you have to go get that fixed. This is what it is. And so when you learn things in the spiritual realm, what works, I'll tell you what, the first time you lay hands on somebody and you see Jesus heal them, you think, wow, this really works. And you want to do it again and again and again. And so you see what, when you see what works for you to receive healing, then you go back and do what you did so you can get it again if you need it. Amen? So listen tonight as we look at these things right here. And so this blind man received his sight and Jesus told him his faith had made him whole. Now I want you to turn back to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to look at some principles of faith that Jesus himself said will make you whole. That's the one thing to hear that your faith will do it. And you know what, what, I, what I didn't like when I went to the church that I first got born again in and baptized in the Holy Ghost? They didn't teach a lot of Bible. They had a lot of spirit. They had a lot of Holy Ghost, a lot of good singing. A lot of jumping up and down and shouting and falling out and all kinds of things like that. But the main thing I heard about faith as a baby Christian, as a Christian, you got to have faith, you got to have faith. Well, that's what I've told you tonight, how faith does it, but they never told me how to get it. 
Never told me that. And then some of the older religious people in the church told me, faith comes by trials. You know, you have great trials, you get great great faith. I was a new Christian, like some of you new Christians in the church here. And because they wouldn't tell me what the Bible said, you had to have great trials. I started praying for great trials then. Man, I got laid off. My wife left me. My dad and mom said I went off the deep end, wouldn't have me committed. I thought, man, I'm getting great faith now. I wouldn't get great faith, I'd get great depression. <laughs> and then praise God. I was driving my semi down the road one day shortly thereafter, and I heard a thing come on my radio. I didn't know there was Christian radio before I got saved. I thought all there was was country music. But anyway, I found out there's a thing called Christian radio, and you guys hear us talk about Kenneth Hagin a lot, don't you? Well, at 9.30, at 1590 on the AM dial, I heard this show come on. It said, this is Faith Seminar there with Kenneth Hagin. Heard this guy start talking. When I heard his Texas twang, I thought they, 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 they said Festus off Gunsmoke. It sounded like Festus. I remember, I, I mean, I, I still talk to Jesus this way. I looked up to heaven, driver said, Oh, and see, I was, didn't want any Christians in my family. I had a Baptist grandma. We didn't have any other Christians. And so I thought I was the only one. As I looked at him, I said, oh Jesus, did Festus get saved too? I actually said that. I said, Festus got saved too. I thought, wow, that's two of us. But it wasn't Kenneth, it wasn't Kenneth Hagin. It, it was, uh, Kenneth, it wasn't Festus, it was Kenneth Hagin. As I began lifting Kenneth Hagin, and then Kenneth Hagin started saying, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I said, wait a minute, it comes by trials. But then, I opened my Bible, I saw that he was telling me the truth. The church I went to didn't have everything the Bible said, faith comes by trials. Amen. Faith only comes one way. Am I helping anybody? Amen. I tell you what, I quit praying for trials. Glory to God. <laughs> I, I got all I could want, and I didn't get any better, it only got worse. <laughs> It was bad. So anyway, I want you to look at verse 27. Mark 5, verse 27. And we're looking at some faith principles and what led up to Jesus telling this woman her faith had made her whole. And so she'd been sick for 12 years, went to doctors, and uh, ran out of money. And then verse 27, uh, if you're taking notes, write down there a one. This is point number one of these Bible principles that will work for anybody. Point number one, when she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, she finally quit running to and fro to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, but to the living word. And I want you to hold your place. Look at Romans ten seventeen. I just quoted this, but you really need to see it in your own Bible. Romans ten seventeen, And I know, I, I, I really like what I'm teaching the word of God. As much as I can, have you see it with your own eyes. And I'll tell you, it was an eye-opener to me. After I was a pastor, I was a baby pastor. Over 30 years ago, I was a baby pastor. New at the pastoring part. Not new at the believing part, but I was new at the pastoring part. Well, there's certain phrases that a lot of preachers use that are just popular praises that have been used for years with art the Bible. And so anyway, I remember... One time I was preaching, and I, I, I can't remember what it was. It's still, I still hear a preacher say it, but it's not Bible. 
whatever it was I was preaching, and I said what I'd already heard preachers say, some statement, like it's a Bible scripture. After the service, God came up to me and said, Pastor, where's that at in the Bible? I said, I don't know, I'll find it. I spent a week before the next service trying to find that. All my concordances, all my praying, all my digging, all my searching wasn't in the Bible. It was just a popular religious saying that preachers say. And so that's why I, as much as I can, want you to look at your Bible, see if I'm teaching you the Bible. And also, if I'm in a service at Dr. Barclay's teaching, or whoever else the preacher is, if they're quoting the scripture, I go to my Bible, I look it up. And really, I've got another habit I do too. Unless they're going too fast, even as verses I know, I always like to keep open my Bible up to stay fresh. I like, it's like I'm going through a drill. I always do it. If Pastor Dave's preaching and he, he, he mentions two or three scriptures in passing that I probably taught him, I still look at him. I'm sitting right there in the seat. I want to stay fresh. I want to stay sharp. I want to know what God said. So Romans 10, 17. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you as I read this, I'm going to say some things that it doesn't say. Maybe it'll help erase something you're thinking. So you see what it does say. Pastor David said the same thing this morning. Okay, so the faith cometh by praying. So the faith cometh by tithing. Tithing. So the faith cometh by worship. So the faith cometh by begging or crying. Or faith cometh because your parents are saved. And see, I want to tell you something. It's good to have saved parents. I had, I had to leave mine. The, I had to leave mine to the Lord. Before they died, because they were heathen all their lives, and I led them through prayer of salvation, I got them into heaven. So praise God for that. But uh, and, and it's good to worship. And you worship because you have faith, not to get faith. Amen. And it's good to pray. You pray because you have faith, and you pray in faith, but not to get faith. It says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the word of God. And I want to say this. Like I said, I always look at those verses anyway. Even if they don't say turn there, I do my best to keep on looking at them. Because I want my faith to stay fresh. You know, it's just like eating a good meal, whatever your favorite meal is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really not that great into the California culture yet. I go through phases and don't anybody turn on me. I go through phases where I like the Mexican food. But a lot of the time, I don't even want to look at it. But I go through phases. So that's your favorite, and that's okay. But I'm still, what I call from the East Coast, eat American food. But I know it's all American. I'm just saying this. If I had a really good meatloaf dinner with mashed potatoes and gravy and green beans and a butter roll and things like that and a glass of sweet tea, last week, guess what? I don't have it in me anymore. It left. If I want to get the same kind of joy and the same kind of nourishment etc. off that meal, i got to go back again and eat it again. i got to eat it again and again and again and again. Did you know it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing. And so you need to keep on hearing the word of God. And I'll say this too. Who in your life do you hear talk the most? You. You're always with you. You never leaves you. And so I developed the habit years ago because I was taught this way. When you can, as much as possible, read the Bible out loud. 
And that's actually that's what that's what Hebrew meditation is to read the word of God to speak the word of God out loud. And so when you read the word of God out loud, you're not only getting something coming into your thinking, but you got some words coming into your hearing. And your you know, your ears are directly linked to your spirit. And so that's why Jesus said, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And so as those words come out of your mouth, come back into your ears, the recycle went into your spirit. You got you got a thing going on. He said, hearing and hearing. It's nice to hear the preacher here talk to you. But I'll tell you what, it may be even better to hear yourself talk to you when you're in private. Because when your mouth is shut, especially if you're tired, the devil starts talking anyway. Put things in your mind. But what's that, what's that pain? And then all of a sudden, here comes a little thing. Well, it might be this. It might be that. Well, it's coming back on you. Well, you know what's going around? All those thoughts hit you. But when you're saying things out loud, number one, the devil does not want to hear the sword of the Spirit swinging his way. And the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit coming out of your mouth. So as you're speaking the Word of God, there's several things happening. One of them is your faith is getting built up again. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing. You build up your faith, at the same time you're running demons off. And then also, Proverbs 4.22 says the Word of God is medicine to all your flesh. Amen. Has that helped anybody? And so Romans 10.17, uh, I want to say this. They've got to get off of Google and YouTube and open your own Bible in your quiet place. If you want to hear Jesus say, your faith has made you whole. You're going to have to get off of Google and YouTube. That's good for fixing cars. And that's good for learning crafts or some other kind of things like that. But if you got a, if you, if you got a serious diagnosis, you better go right to Jesus. And forget the Google goggles and all that stuff. Okay. Point number two. Look at verse 28. Point number two. Verse 28 says, for she said, and I circle that, for she said, and the Amplified Bible says, she kept saying, what did she say? If I may touch but his clothes, now listen to this, I shall be whole. I shall be whole. I shall be whole. Well, what, what's the latest thing they're saying to you like that? Oh, you know what the doctor said. Well, you know what I saw on Google today? I saw 15 reasons why I'm going to die. You know what I saw today? Well, you know what? I, I was talking to these other Christians, and they told me about their aunt had the exact same thing, and the aunt died when she was 38 years old. Well, I, I, I know a preacher died when he was 50 years old, had the same thing. Where's the faith at in that? I know a lot of people have died. But you know what? In the realm I live in, I know more people that healed than died. Amen. That's the circles I travel in. We, we travel in the healing circles. We, we travel with Jesus, and I see the ones that got healed. It says, for she said. And so, I want you to look at Mark 11, verse 23. Let's go over a few chapters. We'll keep on coming back here, because we're looking at why Jesus said this woman had the faith that received healing. And Jesus told another man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And then we looked, another man was blind, and Jesus said, your faith made you whole blind, man. Would anybody say that somebody born blind, as a grown-up adult, had been blind all their life? I'd call that impossible. Wouldn't you? 
Well, I would call really that blood cancer I had, the heart stuff, I'd call that impossible. And you know, I look out here at the faces, I think about Dave with some pretty serious stuff. And, and a lot of you went through a lot of pretty serious things. But the thing was, you got a hold of the Word of God. And you may have been some doctor's mess involved, but when all was said and done, Jesus was right in the middle of it. And you got done and said, Dave, your faith made you whole. Amen. That's how this works. And so Jesus, uh, tell about this woman said, for she said, I shall be whole. Mark eleven twenty three. This is critical. This is a major part of the principles of faith. He said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall what? Say. Now, who's he talking about? Who'd he say? Whosoever. You know what I did in my Bible? I learned this years ago of Brother Hagin. In my Bible, I circled the whosoever, and right beside it, I wrote, this means me. You know why I said that? Because there is religious people that still teach today. Well, you know, he did this back back in the Bible days, but that's not what he does anymore. We got doctors of medicine now. You go to the doctors of medicine and forget the Jesus part. Well, Jesus didn't say, whosoever shall say today, but in the future, this doesn't count anymore. In the future, you can't rely on these things. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. I call blood cancer a mountain myself. I call heart stuff a mountain. And whatever it is you're dealing with, no matter how major or how minor it might look to somebody else, if a woman's got an issue of blood 12 years, that may not be anything to anybody else. But if you're dealing with that for 12 years, I call that a mountain. Matter of fact, in my, my first church, we had a lady that had that for a lot of years too. And I tell you what, that, that, I, I felt so sorry for her. She'd come all the time for prayer and things like that. And she didn't hardly ever smile. She was a really nice lady. And she worked at our children's ministry and things like that. But boy, I tell you what, that lady was miserable. That was a mountain. And so Jesus said, Who shall ever say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. And this is something that you've got to get a hold of. We're three-part beings. We're spirit beings. We live in a physical body. I said this wisdom. I'll say it again. You're not seeing me right now. You're seeing the body that I move in. The real me's on the inside. I'm looking at you out my windows. You're looking at me through your windows. You're looking at me. I'm looking at you. But all I see is your house where you live. There's going to come a point in time... If Jesus tarries, we don't get raptured first, that you'll look at my house, you'll look at my body I used to live in, lay it up here in a casket. It's going to be a long time. But you look there, and people look at me, and if you you happen to go, we'll see your body laying there, but that's not you. That's where you used to live at. That's why he said, shall not doubt in his heart. And the third part, use your mind. Your mind is separate from your heart. That's why I said in Romans 12, 1, don't be conformed to the world, be transformed by renewed of your mind, so your mind will think different. When you were born again, your spirit, your heart, in the twinkling of an eye, changed from the nature of Satan to the nature of Jesus. Right there. Your heart got born again, but then you've got to change your mind the way you think. And so that's why he said, shall not doubt in his heart. Now listen to this. Here's how faith works. I have to close my eyes when I'm doing a serious thing because my head 
with well, Pastor Davis in the hospital with leukemia and crippled. Well, I looked at all that doctor stuff, looked up him, and everything going on. My mind, I couldn't look at because my mind had no faith. But I closed my eyes, and I said, Jesus, you said, shall not doubt my heart. I had to quit looking at what I saw. I said, Jesus, in my heart, I believe. I believe your healing power is working in his little body right now. I believe in the name of Jesus. He's on his feet. He's walking. He's leaping. He's praising you. I believe in the name of Jesus. He's going to live to a ripe old age, preach the gospel, all you got to do, Lord. I don't doubt my heart. And so I said that to say this. When you're dealing with impossible situations, don't confuse doubt in your head with faith in your heart. When you got, when you get born again, you don't say, Jesus, come into my head. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Amen. And so get this again. When those doubts, whatever it is, healing, finances, family problems, any issue in life, when those doubts hit your head, you get the word of God on it into your heart and you tell your head, I've actually before had to make myself stand in front of the mirror and look at me and I'd say to me, I'd say, that's not you. This is just the house you live in. I say, this is the real me and I'm talking to you, head. Shut up. I'd say, mouth, you either talk right or don't talk at all. I've actually done that. Because that's how it has to work. We're talking about Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. You have to understand, he said, shall not doubt in his heart. But look at this next part. But shall believe that those things which he, what? Saith. Shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Now listen to this. I, I, I can help anybody anywhere, anytime, if I talk to them for five minutes and let them do the talking, I can locate where they are in faith. Because you know what he said? They'll have whatsoever they saith. Said they'll have whatsoever they saith. And so if I talk to somebody, they said, well, you know what, pastor? Here's what I believe God's going to do. But, mine's a special case. Oh. And here's what the doctor said. And if this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, you'll have whatsoever he saith. Have whatsoever he saith. Have whatsoever he saith. I'll tell you what, I think about some of the things that went through with that blood cancer. I still get checkups every six months. And I was told that my immune system would never be normal again because of chemotherapy. Well, the last visit to my oncologist, she said my immune system is back where it belongs. It's what it's supposed to be. Amen. And then, and then, and then my family doctor is a, is a what do they call it, an internist? A, I can't remember. Anyway, not just a general practitioner. I think it's called an internist. He looked at, he looked at my blood results last time. He said, white blood cells, normal. You know what I confessed all the time? When they told me that chemotherapy would kill those where they never return to normal, you know what I said every time I thought about it? I want to thank you, Jesus, the normal. I want to thank you, Jesus, the normal. I want to thank you, Jesus, the normal. And matter of fact, in James chapter 3, verse 2, says, says that, that your tongue will control your body like a bridle controls a horse. No, that's, that's the absolute truth. That's, that, that's real facts of my own life. But I never, I never, ever, ever, ever said, I gotta watch it because I got a compromised immune system. 
Well, that was a natural fact. But I had a spiritual truth. The truth told me his word is healing medicine to all my flesh. And so cancer and chemotherapy may mess up your body in the natural for life. But the word of God doesn't say God will heal everything, everything whole unless it was hurt by cancer or chemo. There's no butt in there. Can I say something else? Sheep's bath, goat's butt. You know what bad batting is for a sheep? Well, in Psalm 23, he says a good shepherd takes you to green grass and still waters. When a pastor's preaching, and he's taking you to this green grass and still waters, every time you go, amen, you're going, bah, 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 green grass, green grass, bah, he's feeding me green grass. But a goat's out there, a goat says, yeah, but. They're always butting up against it. <laughs> Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Do we have any batters out there? That, uh, uh, remember now, the New Living Translation for Ba is Amen. And so Mark eleven twenty three says, You will have whatsoever you say. So you must stop speaking the problem, start, start speaking the answer. Amen. And I want to tell you, Google will amplify your problem. The Bible will give you the simple answer. I like that. Wish Mrs. Pastor's here. She write that down for a nugget. She keeps nuggets and makes little books out of them. But I just say, Google will amplify the problem, but the Bible will give you the simple answer. That was really good. Okay, start speaking. Start speaking the answer. Start saying what you believe Jesus is doing for you. And once again, faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. And so if you've got a diagnosis, you don't deny the diagnosis. You start applying the word of God in the name of Jesus, and what they saw will start changing under their microscopes. What they saw will start giving you a different CT scan. What they saw will start giving a different uh, ultrasound. Things will start changing because when God begins to do things in your body, Medical science can see it on their graphs, on their charts. Amen. Anybody know that? All right. Now, uh, point number three, verse 27, Mark 5:27. She'd heard of Jesus that says she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, verse 28, if I, may, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She came and did. She acted on the word. Number one, she heard. Number two, she said. Then number three, she did. She acted on the word. She put action with her faith confession. Now hold your place. Look at James one twenty two. James one twenty two. She heard. She said. And then James one twenty two, but be you doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We got a lot of talkers about the word, but not enough doers of the word. I remember, you know, our whole society has changed so much. I remember there was no such a thing as sick pair sick days. I become a teamster. 
uh, teamster truck driver back in the 1960s. What did you guys do in 1960 back then? I know a bus driver, but anyway. <laughs> I remember about, uh, it, yeah, it would have been about 1980. About 1980, we got a new contract, and they were going to give us five sick days a year with pay. We never had that before, and I didn't really know anybody else ever had sick days, never heard of them. Well, I was a Christian, and I knew that I would have whatsoever I saith. And I knew that it wasn't a really good thing to lie, even little white lies, which aren't even little white lies, a lie is a lie. And so, if I wanted to take some time off, I couldn't call in and say, hey, I'm sick today, because I wasn't sick, didn't believe for sick. Even if I had a cold or something going on, I wasn't going to confess it, I was confessing I was healed. So I remember I went for that whole year, that first year, these other guys would call it, hey, I'm going to take sick that day, I'm sick. And they'd miss, you know, do what they want to do. I went, I didn't get it. And then I remember the next year, about January or February, I got an extra paycheck. I went, they all said, hey, something's wrong, you gave me two checks. They said, that's your sick days, you didn't use them last year. So I got the paycheck, I didn't know about that, I wasn't going to confess sick. But then I learned, I learned how to get my sick days without lying. I just called and said, hey, I'm going to take a sick day today, but I'm not sick. We're going to, I'm going to be off Thursday and Friday, but I'm not sick. I come to find out you'd have to be sick to take them. You could just use them. So what am I saying? I'm saying this. If you're going to be a doer of the word, don't lie. If you don't want to go somewhere with somebody, don't tell them. Hey, I'm under the weather. I can't come out. You know, find something else to say, but just don't lie. You know, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to be a doer of the word, you can't just confess you're healed when it feels good. You confess you're healed whether it feels right or not, whether it feels good, you confess you're healed, but don't lie about things because your body is listening. Your heart is listening. And by that, I'm talking about your spirit. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. There's been so many times, so many times, now Pastor Dave does most of the preaching and everything, but over the years, so many times, something tried to hit me like it was you. I'd be believing for healing over something going around. I just I never confessed it's not going around my house. But nevertheless, when sometimes it's knocking at the door, it might take you a day or two or three to get rid of it. And here it is coming Sunday. And nobody else to preach me. What am I going to do? Uh, Jesus, I'm called in sick today. you got to get somebody else. You know what? I might have to put up that stupid thing for another week or two because of my mouth. Wouldn't that be something to be a person that teaches faith and healing? And call, and call, call your headquarters, talk to the boss, say, I can't preach today because I'm sick. <laughs> no better preaching than you are shouting. Yeah. Amen. And so, you hear the word, speak the word, act on the word, and now we'll get down to the best, best part, go back to Mark 5, and we'll close out here. Mark 5. Verse 29, she'd heard, she spoke it, she acted on it because she came and touched the hem of his garment. That was her action she put with it. And then straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up after 12 years. You think that woman wasn't shouting? Glory to God, was dried up as she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And for all of you like manifestation, that's called manifestation. But let me give you a clue I learned a long time ago. If one of your favorite things to say is because you've heard religious people say it, quit saying, I don't have manifestation yet. 
I don't have manifestation yet. Or I, uh, it's manifested. No, quit that. Where's that at the Bible? If you're looking for manifestation, guess what? You're probably never going to get it. If the word says you're healed, there's your answer. Amen. If the world's word says you're recovering because it has been on you, there's your answer. So quit looking for manifestation. Keep your eyes and your mouth in agreement with the word of God. So she did feel she was healed. She did feel she was healed. And then Jesus, now look at this. And this shows you why Jesus would say, your faith made you whole. Jesus immediately anointed himself that virtue or anointing had gone out of him, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So get a hold of this. Jesus was not omnipresent then. Jesus lived in one body. And when he had this crowd around him, he was full of anointing, the power of God. I've been full of the power of God before, not like Jesus was. I've been full of the power of God before so much so that people got close to me and I went like that, they fell. I've walked in that before where I had so much power that people just got close to me and they fell. I've had so much power around me preaching sometimes that I fell because of the power of God around. And so Jesus, in this crowd, had so much power, that woman just able to slip up behind him and just touch him in his garment. And then Jesus knew when anointing left. He said, who touched me? Somebody touched me. As disciples said, what do you mean somebody touched you? They're all touching you. But get this. And anybody that ministers up like we minister here knows this. He said, yeah, but somebody touched me with faith. Said, she didn't just touch me. She reached out and her faith received. And so I equate this to this. There's a lot of voices cried up to heaven right now for help. But the ones that are speaking in faith to heaven, expecting to believe, that Jesus says the same thing. Dave touched me. Raven touched me. Maxine. That's Maxine. That's faith. And it comes down. Can you see the difference? And so I just want to tell you, just close this thing out, that your faith, your faith, will make you whole if you do what Jesus said to do. You hear it, you speak it, you act on it, and then Jesus say to you, Barbara, your faith made you whole. He's not going to say, Barbara, you won the lottery, you got lucky today. He's going to say, your faith made you whole. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody get anything out of this? Amen. So, so your, your faith, your faith will receive healing from Jesus for anything. Don't ever, 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 ever get at your thinking that what you've got is such a common sickness that everybody has that you'll never get healed from. It doesn't make any difference what it has. If you was born with it, if it's not divine healing and health, then God doesn't want you to keep it that way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Where's Josh? Is he up there? Yeah, Josh, let's worship. Amen. Of course, this this is the time we pray for people. But let's just, if you can, especially if you're going to come up for healing or something like that, kind of, kind of shift your heart and your focus off of me onto Jesus. And if you need something, you come up here, we'll pray for you. But I'll tell you what I believe that would please Jesus to help you. 
We kind of got you pumped up. How does faith come? Hearing what? What did you just hear? Okay, so what happened to your faith? It's pumped up. And so for where you're at, if you're facing, it doesn't have to be healing either. If you're facing something in life where you need your faith to get Jesus' attention, to hear him say, go, you've got it. Your faith made you whole. Then just look up to him right now. But if you need help with your whatever you need, come up here. Prayer of agreement says, "Me two on earth shall agree that we'll agree with you for finances, family things, job things, health things. But there should no person leave this building tonight without the answer from God being in your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt.
start to wind things down here but I believe that everybody received the word of God tonight amen what an awesome lesson out of Mark chapter 5 and there's so many uh, awesome uh, just truths right there from this woman with the issue of blood but she received the miracle that she needed amen all right well let's close out in prayer of course, we got church on Wednesday. It's going to be great. And here, right after we close out, you know, we love you. If we could have any able-bodied man or person that could just help us real quick, we're going to get the chairs <laughs> and uh, and just get them up here onto the platform. That way, tomorrow, those guys can come in and steam clean this whole carpet and all that. That would be super awesome. And uh, Robert and uh, James and Walt, the ushers, they'll kind of give us some directions on how to do it. It won't take long, but we just want to get get them off of the floor and uh, and get that handled all right so praise god let's pray and then we'll do our barstow faith confession we'll team up really quick get this job done then you can go home or go to del taco or whatever it is you do on sunday nights all right praise god thank you lord (laughs) father in jesus name we thank you lord so much for what we've seen in your word tonight and lord we absolutely uh, declare right now that we are going to be like this woman in mark chapter 5 lord we're going to believe you we're going to do something about it father and we are going to receive amen the miracle that you have for us lord we love you and we ask that you would use us this week to spread the love of jesus everywhere we go and we're getting closer and stronger with you lord we thank you for it in jesus name can we get an amen tonight Man, all right, let's speak some faith over Barstow, and then we'll just real quick, uh, Pastor Katie, are you going to be the, the in charge of directions here after this? Okay, all right. Well, Robert and the boys will take care of that, so we're just going to make real quick work of this, all right? Let's speak these words of faith. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we will see you Wednesday. And let's stack a few chairs real quick. All right.